Welcome to I Feel Tried, the podcast. I'm Des. Happy Pride Month, everybody. We are in the final episode of Pride Month in the month of June. But that doesn't mean that your pride has to stop because we're going to be celebrating all year round. Hey, my guest today is somebody so special who you probably know from your TV or social media. She is making waves in our community. And I look forward to you hearing what we have to say in just a moment. But before we get to that, if you're playing our drinking game this week, What's my favorite word? anytime you hear, here, take a sip of whatever you're drinking. Our sponsor is H2 Rose. Again, they are always looking out for us here at I Feel Tried, and we are so grateful. I am drinking the mango flavor because I know that is like everybody's favorite. Anybody who has tried H2 Rose always tells me that's their favorite, so I'm here to appease all of you (laughs) and myself because it's good. (laughs) Okay, guys, without further ado, here we go. My guest today is one of the most visible trans people in America. Originally from Indiana, she moved to Los Angeles fresh out of college to pursue a career and a better quality of life. She's a blogger, an advocate for people of color, and an activist for the trans community. You've seen her as a cast member on season six and seven of Vanderpump Rules on Bravo. Welcome to the show, Billy Lee. Hi, thank you for having me. Hey, Billy, thank you so much for taking time out of your day. I know you're super busy and, <laughs> and we appreciate having you on the show. Yeah, of course. No worries. What is Billy Lee up to these days? Uh, um, besides, um, you know, standing with the Black Lives uh, Matter movement and trans people of color, mm-hmm. um, I'm working with Greenpeace and Jane Fonda on climate issues and um, pushing a new green deal. And then I am working on my own vegan brand called She's a Vegan that we're launching soon. And that is a lifestyle brand uh, with products and recipes. Um, That's really what I've been working on. I'm super excited. And then I have a few TV projects and podcast projects that I've been working on and took a little break because of COVID-19 and quarantine, but things are getting back. Things are busy again. Good. I'm glad to hear that. How long have you been a vegan for? Nine years. Oh, wow. Okay. So you're, uh, you're in it for the long haul. <laughs> yes. I, I have a passion and deep love for this planet, for the humans on it and the animals. And I think we can't really fight climate change without discussing um, animal agriculture and just the, you know, animal factory farming. Um, so I think vegan comes with it. I do stress to people and the whole point of She's So Vegan is to be a support group. I don't think that being vegan should be black or white. Um, I'm a Midwest girl from a trailer park and she loves her sour cream, Mm -hmm. even though I always try to buy vegan options. You know, sometimes I have a bad day and then I may be stuck somewhere and have a slice of cheese pizza. Like there, I always just encourage people to do the best you can and just be very aware where your food's coming from. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of why I started She's So Vegan is I want people to feel supported and lifted up through this transition from going from, you know, animals to plant-based. Um, but yeah, these are all passion projects of mine. And I personally believe that my soul is here on a mission and to be of service. And so that's what I do. That's amazing. I also, I haven't had meat in, I think almost 13 years. And so when people, people don't believe me when I tell them, like, even if meat is like touching, um, I had nachos a couple years ago um, at my work and I guess there was pork on them. I made sure to like eat around it but it like really messed with my body the whole day and they like didn't believe Mm -hmm. me. They just thought I was being picky or. But it's a it's a real thing, right? It's a real thing. And you're putting a dead animal inside your body. Yeah. And there are so many scientific medical things that shows like the body takes a lot of energy to break down a dead animal. And mm. it really doesn't make it affects us, especially if we haven't had it. But I remember when I used to eat meat way back in the day, I was always sluggish and heavy and had stomach problems and 
like I just always had issues with my health. And then that's the reason why I went vegan. I did a 30 day challenge. My doctor was like, watch these documentaries. One was Forks Over Knives. I know you've probably seen it. Mm-hmm. And she's like, go vegan, plant-based for 30 days. Let's see what you feel like. And I was like, what? I can't do this. <laughs> I did it. And I felt so light, so good. Like everything from my breath to my skin was glowing to, to my bowel movements, my stomach, like it, and I wasn't in pain anymore. I didn't feel tired. And it was just like, why did I not do this sooner? But I wasn't educated. And so now it's my passion is to educate people and be there to support people through their transition. That's amazing. I love that. Um, well, in honor of Pride Month, uh, I want to get a feel for who are some of your favorite LGBTQ people who inspire you? Well, I just did a, a Greenpeace live um, Fire Joel Friday um, Zoom session. We did a live thing. I just shared it on my Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I did it with Jane Fonda and India Moore. And India and I obviously are in the same community in the entertainment industry, but I've not personally hung out with her, or had a moment with her. And I was crying like she told her story and it was so powerful and there's so much shame that goes with the trans experience and I just felt it and I felt for her and immediately after we you know talked and and DM'd each other and just gave each other so much love and you know she's really in my heart today and like through pride and you know my sister Blossom um, she's a trans activist there are so many amazing trans women out there that are like literally fighting the fight and then doing God's work. And I'm just so impressed by them and so inspired by them. And uh, yeah, I would have to say those are my girls. You're amongst an amazing group of trans people and you've been able to be more vocal um, because you had a platform like being on TV. And of course, social mm-hmm. media has created so many platforms as well. Do you remember the first trans person that you saw, whether it was on TV or a magazine, just anybody growing up that you kind of thought, huh? Yeah, I think, you know, Oprah was always like a, a, a window to um, education and inspiration for me. Um, mm-hmm. Growing up in a small town, it was all white people. And the only person I had really that was a great influence on me was watching the Oprah Winfrey show. And she had someone trans on there at a certain point. And it was an aha moment for me, but I still didn't know at the time because I was told I was gay and that I was, you know, I was born as a boy. So they just told me, Oh, he's very feminine. And, you know, I was growing breast tissue as a boy and they're like, Oh, he has, you know, too much female hormones. Um, He's probably going to be gay. And that's just what I was told by the doctors and therapists and stuff. So I had to really, you know, once I got out of Indiana and moved to Los Angeles, I really found the power and the freedom and the space to really like find out who I was. And that's when I realized, okay, wow, I'm trans. And I love my feminine energy and I want to fully express my feminine energy into a way where I altered my body to match how I felt on the inside. But yeah, it was Oprah and, and I, I don't even know the trans woman's name, mm-hmm. but it was very powerful and eye-opening. I remember seeing Alexis Arquette. Um, I used to watch the show on VH1 called The Surreal Life or something like that. Yeah, Alexa. I remember seeing Alexis on there. And that was, I think, my first experience watching somebody on TV and um, and getting a feel for that. And then, of course, since then, you know, seeing people like Gigi Gorgeous and, of course, Caitlyn Jenner. um, Mm -hmm. uh, Isis King from Top Model, which I think I've seen on your social media that you guys are uh, friendly right that's my sister i love her so much we have good times when we hang out i was just telling her i'm like we need to hang out soon because i haven't seen her in a while but um yeah you know alexis is was it was an amazing soul and um yeah i've met a few of the arquettes and they're such amazing human beings and great activists and and they inspire me. And I've, I've always said to them, if you ever need anything, because I believe there's uh, an organization and a nonprofit in the name of Alexis that Rosanna was telling me about. But yeah, we have these beautiful, powerful souls that's been like, you know, that's represented us even way before it was something popular. Great re- representation for sure. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so I want to kind of take your temperature to get a feel for who Billie Lee is and the things that she's into. Um, so if you are interested, we can play a little game that we call This or That. Okay, let's do it. Number one, are you more Starbucks or coffee bean? Oh, okay. I love coffee bean tea. Okay. So I would, I would probably say coffee bean. Okay. Good. I'm such a ride or die coffee bean person. I talk about it almost on every episode because it's something <laughs> that like, I just look forward to in my daily routine. I love coffee bean. <laughs> yeah. During quarantine, I was like, I would go, I don't know if you know who Gia Gunn is, but she, yeah. her and I become really close and um, she's like a little sister to me now oh. and she lives by a coffee bean and during quarantine I would go jog mm-hmm. all the way past her house just to get to the coffee bean <laughs> and pick up my iced tea and then her and I would like walk together but that was like my little treat your reward <laughs> there you go yeah you earned it <laughs> exactly okay hip-hop or country hip-hop I mean I'm from country and I love country and I definitely listened to it recently when I was back in home in Indiana and it gives me you know the feels but hip-hop on the average everyday kind of thing yeah mm-hmm. I have vibes where it's like okay I'm in a total hip-hop vibe I want to blare like Nicki Minaj and then I have my days where I'm like ooh, I love some throwback like Dolly Parton I love my girl Miranda Lambert that's my girl mm-hmm. um, I, I get in my vibes too so it, it yeah. was a tough one for me Netflix or Hulu? Right now, I'm all about Hulu. I'm, I'm watching this amazing show called um, Good Trouble. It's um, from Freeform. I'm so proud of Freeform. Mm-hmm. They're doing such amazing work. Oh and gosh, yeah. there's like bisexual character. There's a trans character. Just amazing, cool things. And um, I recently watched um, Love, Victor, which is also based off of okay. Love, Simon. I thought oh, so. Yeah. So cute. Yes, I'm, I'm Hulu right now. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Freeform has always been really good with that. They were formerly known as ABC Family, right? And then they um, have always had LGBTQ characters in their shows, which I think is really awesome. But especially lately, they've been doing so it. So the a lot parent more. company is ABC. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it yeah, used to be I, ABC I like, Family. I was like, I need to tweet switched. to them. And I was <laughs> on a panel for Freeform in Los Angeles. But oh, okay. yeah, I would love to meet with them. I'm so proud of them. It just like was really inspiring to watch this new show. Yeah, we need those kinds of allies for our community to to yes. just make people visible. And, and you're right, they're doing an amazing job. So I Hulu wish Bravo would, would take no. <laughs> oh my God, right? You would think so. That's so funny because, I mean, to me, I think of Bravo as being like a gay network. <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, I we'll get into that. being the white girl network. But okay, let's yeah, keep yeah. going. <laughs> <laughs> East Coast or West Coast? West Coast. West Coast, yes. I've never been to the East Coast, so I'm biased. But, I mean, it's just fun to say that the West Coast is the best coast, right? It is. And, I mean, I love the East Coast. There's something romantic about, like, New York and being there. But I I'm, I love the sun. I love palm yes. trees. I love the water. So I'm definitely mm-hmm. a West Coast girl. Same here. My favorite. Oh, my God. I ask everybody this one, and I really hope we're on the same page. <laughs> Paris or Nicole? Nicole. Yay. Okay, good. Everybody says Paris, and I'm such a Nicole Richie fan. Oh, my God. Yeah, she has such a great personality. She's yes. cute. She's um, so she's funny. She's funny. Yeah, love yeah. her. I think she really made the show back in the day. Oh, um, totally. Yeah, Simple Life. Iconic. I know. It's, it's on, um, that, wait, it's on... Uh, Prime right now and I watched a couple episodes during Is quarantine it? and I was like oh my god it's so old <laughs> <laughs> That's so it was ahead of its time I think like the humor Me, yeah and totally yeah um, and the last one Kathy Griffin or Chelsea Handler I gotta go with Kathy Griffin I was always a fan of my life on the D list yeah. and you know she's a huge LGBTQ activist and um, an ally so I'm gonna have to go with her yeah both are so awesome though but yeah mm-hmm. I, I definitely i remember watching that growing up <laughs> okay so something i want our listeners to really get a hold of is the difference between sex and gender i took a, a human sexuality class a few years ago and um they really broke it down in a, in a couple meetings and mm-hmm. um there were so many people that just really didn't get that there was a difference and it doesn't really sound like there's a difference either until you actually explore that and and really choose to learn about it. 
Well, I just like, I always just say sex is like who you're attracted to. Gender is who you identify as. Mm -hmm. So what I, mean, I learned was that sex is um, what you're assigned to at birth. So it literally is just what you write on oh, paper. Oh, you don't mean sexual orientation? No, not sexual orientation. Oh, okay. Okay, gotcha. Because um, a lot of people are like, well, are you gay? I'm like, no, just because I'm trans doesn't mean I'm gay. They're not synonymous. Right. Um, and so just as gender and sex are not synonymous um gender is what you identify as it's it's who you are in your head when sex right. is what you're assigned to at birth um just the same way like you were saying is sexual orientation is just your attraction you know this week we want to give a special thanks to our sponsor h2 rose h2 rose brings you the benefits of roses and saffron all in a bottle Rosewater dates back to ancient history and was used by Cleopatra. Ooh, I know her! And Michelangelo because of its powerful and enriching effects. H2 Rose is a healthy hydration beverage which improves skin texture, lowers anxiety, improves emotional health, reduces appetite, and is non-GMO, vegan, and gluten-free. To learn more about H2 Rose, please visit drinkh2rose.com or visit their Instagram at h2rose. All right, welcome back. Being transgender in the workplace. How was it looking for work in the middle of your transition, maybe at the start of your transition, even these days? How is it as far as that goes? Mm -hmm. Well, it was hard when I first transitioned. I could not get a job. People were like, is that a boy? Is that a girl? And here in Los Angeles, you had to be like a model and have your headshot as a server. Mm -hmm. So it was really challenging for me. And I had to do sex work to, to pay my rent and my bills. It wasn't all the time. And it wasn't necessarily the scariest situation. It wasn't like I was on the street like some of my sisters. Mm -hmm. But I, do, I did have to you know, have sex for money um, and fulfill that fantasy for some men so I could pay my bills just because I no one would hire me. And that was really hard. And I felt this pressure to have all these surgeries to be, you know, cis-assuming, mm -hmm. or if you want to say passing, um, so I could get a job and for my safety. And as much as I love what I look like and I love my vagina and everything like that, mm -hmm. it would be interesting. I always think like if I didn't have the pressure of safety and job security, would I have all these surgeries or would I just love myself for, you know, who I am and just continue expressing my, ma my feminine energy within that masculine body. But um, I don't have any regrets, but it, it was, something that was really really challenging and difficult and once I did have all the surgeries it was way easier for me to get a job literally the red carpet rolled out men would run to the door to hold the door open for me they would hire me on the spot I could have whatever I wanted and I went from being unattractive what you know society is assumes as attractive I went from being unattractive and not getting a job and being rejected and you know when you are vulnerable and you're on hormones and you're transitioning and you're in this stage of puberty in a way, um, you are very sensitive. And not only are you sensitive, but then you're also being rejected. I felt like I was kicked in a corner and I couldn't, you know, catch my breath. And it was really hard when I first transitioned. And I, I always have so much gratitude. And even when I see people who are visibly trans, I just send so much love to them because, you know, just stepping outside in, in America and being in public and being visibly trans is such a powerful thing because, you know, your safety is on the line and there is so much discrimination. Um, so I always encourage people who own restaurants or own businesses or who hire and fire people to please give opportunities to trans people, please hire them. And of course, you know, we're all uncomfortable sometimes when we date someone new or if we're uncomfortable, like what are the pronouns? It's okay to be uncomfortable. Every relationship, you have those awkward, uncomfortable moments and that shouldn't, you know, keep you from hiring or starting a relationship or, you know, having someone be a tenant in your apartment building because they're trans and you may not know what to say. 
mm-hmm. allow your uncomfortable uncomfortability to maybe possibly even offend someone, but you can get through that. And it makes a huge difference if you're housing someone or giving someone an opportunity who really needs it. Absolutely. Um, discrimination in the workplace. Have, have you encountered that amongst your coworkers, your colleagues? Have you ever heard anybody um, maybe expressing any concern or discernment for, for working close to a, a transgender person? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot of discrimination in the workplace. I experienced it personally um, with people at Sir Jax Taylor, who I'm still very much adamant about him being being fired. Um, he would, you know, he was uncomfortable with me putting him in his place about my trans experience and saying the right things. Um, he did not want to be corrected. And instead of offending me, he refused to film with me. Um, which led to me losing my job. So I have been discriminated against uh, multiple times. I never would have thought in my wildest dreams that it would have been with Bravo TV and um, with Lisa Vanderpump and, and her staff. But unfortunately it did. I was silenced for a long time, but I'm not silenced anymore. I don't care if the network sues me. I don't care to be silent anymore. And you'll definitely be hearing more of that. But I mean, just to not be all about me, it happens all the time, discrimination. Mm -hmm. I mean, even like I've been in a really bad situation where I had to steal food and and I could easily go in and steal food and not be noticed because I'm a white cis-assuming woman and no one can, no one assumes that I'm stealing. But then I have my black trans sister, Shia Diamond, who goes into a store and she actually purchases stuff, has receipts, and she's being accused that she's stealing. I see how white security guards and and how all security guards look at black people versus they look at white people. I'm very aware of it. And I was very aware of it because I was actually stealing. And I was, you know, I had to keep my eyes on the security guards because I was starving and I didn't have money and I didn't have food. And it was a survival thing for me. But during that experience, I was very, very aware of my white privilege. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it happens all the time in the workplace and outside the workplace. So a few years ago, uh, I was working at a restaurant, I think this was in 2014 or 15. And um, back then I was a few pounds lighter. Um, I was super into like wearing mascara. I still fill in my eyebrows. I don't know if you're looking at me right now or not, but (laughs) (laughs) but I always had like mascara. To me, it's just what I liked myself to look like. Mm -hmm. And that's how I went to my interview. Um, I got the job. I worked there for two years um, and I had it that way all the time. And then one day, um, I think I had some like really light concealer in like the corners of my eyes just to kind of make me look like I had bigger eyes. I love big eyes. Mm -hmm. And so it became a conversation with one of my bosses about me wearing makeup to work. And I remember being so embarrassed that they were calling me out because from my knowledge and from like their handbook, um, makeup is okay. They say no stage makeup. So nothing that is like, you know, super bright that you can see from a yard away or a yard from a, (laughs) what is the football thing called? From like a football Um, field away. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, uh, nine yards. I don't know. (laughs) Something like that. Um, and uh, then the actual like president of the company called me and says, yeah, so we need to talk about your makeup and we, we need you to not wear makeup anymore. And I was so embarrassed. I'm like, wait, but I was hired wearing, you know, the same amount of makeup. Um, and uh, she goes, well, if you, you know, maybe if, if you're transitioning, then that's a different conversation. And I remember being so embarrassed because I'm not transgender I wasn't transitioning I was just kind of expressing the way that I like to look really that's what it came down to in my head and I just felt like what if I was transitioning you're outing me and you're basically forcing me to announce that before I would be ready to and it was so uncomfortable that I even that I gave my notice because I was like I can't like be looked at the same way I can't look at my managers and people that are supposed to be protecting me in my job and and that's something that I've always held on to that I'm like, man, should I have like sued them or something? Because that was just so humiliating for me. It altered the way that I was living because I wasn't making the same amount of money. So I had to move back home with my family. 
And um, to me, that was something that was discriminatory that I just kind of decided to um, suppress and not really pursue. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that sounds like something that um, was maybe my bad or if it was their bad, but that's what no, I No, it wasn't them. your bad. You're like, you have every right to look fresh and, you know, wide eyed and whoever you want to be. I mean, shame on them, but that's what we're going through. Mm-hmm. You know, so many people go through that and it's, it's really embarrassing. And not to mention it's, it's super scary because it's how you make a living and, and put food on the table. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm so sorry that you dealt with that. And it's such a sad thing. And it's one reason why I speak up. And it's one reason why I'm speaking up against Bravo. I mean, you know, the thing is, you ask, like, should I sue? I have the same questions because Mm -hmm. it's like, how dare you use me as a token? And then, like, there's just so many elements to it that you're not understanding. And it's like, the things that how corporations and jobs and networks work is they're about money and ad space and it's like okay well do i have to sue you for you to like open your eyes and listen to me and open your ears like what do i have to do so i'm all for people suing because that's when the corporations and and the networks start listening exactly Um, and and so that it'll prevent it from happening to somebody else in the future exactly yeah you were just pretty fresh into your role at sir right as a host mm-hmm. yeah how long did you end up working at sir i think i worked there for two years maybe a little over um i started a few months before we started filming mm-hmm. and when you first start a new job it's like it's weird people are there was a definitely different energy there people i don't know it's just interesting like people were trying to get on camera people wanted to be famous And like, all I wanted to do was give a voice to the trans community. Like I owned a restaurant. I sold it right before I started, sir. I think it was, I had a year, year off, but like to go back to like hosting at a restaurant was so weird for me, but I was like, you know what, I'm going to do this. It's going to lead to something powerful and, you know, great for the trans community. So I thought, and I really trusted the production company and trusted um, Lisa and, you know, once the camera started, I noticed that people were really kind to me, but when the cameras were off, it was a different story. Um, it was almost like there was different characters and these people were different than when they were on camera. And yeah, I just like, you know, I, I eventually like hated going to work there. It just was so toxic and I constantly felt discriminated against. So you mentioned that um, the reason you left was because of Jack's. Um, did you, did you leave on your own will or were you dismissed? I was actually dismissed. I was, I, I publicly came out and said that I left, um, cause I was, had crazy mental health problems towards that time. But what happened was towards the end of the seventh season, um, I was told that Jackson them did not want to film with me. Um, and I mean, it was obvious. There was like certain things that I just wasn't invited to. And the producer's excuse was, oh, they, we don't want, Jax doesn't want to, wants you to cause drama. And I'm like, what? Like I'm the least dramatic person there. And the whole show. Isn't that literally the premise of the show? <laughs> exactly. So I was like, okay, that's not true. And then he came out and said it on the reunion, but it didn't air um, that he was just uncomfortable with, with a, uh, me and that he shouldn't have to tippy toe around me because I'm trans. And it's like the whole Me Too movement. It's like guys don't want to be accountable for their sh- the things that they say and yeah. do. So mm-hmm. they would rather just like, well, I'm not going to hire a woman then. I'm not going to risk my career, my life. And that's kind of what his mentality was. And, you know, it just really sucked. It was, um, and then I had Stassi, you know, the same thing. She was like, just promoting that I should leave and um, that I'm not welcome. And so this was all happening. And then I have my meeting with Bravo and Evolution. And I'm actually love and adore the owner of Evolution. His name's Doug. And he, him and I have been friends. He's such an amazing human being. He's part of the LGBT community. And he was just pushed in a corner himself. He was like, look, Bravo wants to go in a different direction. And that direction was more airtime for Stassi and her boyfriend. 
or fiance and um, new cast members that were young, cis, and white. And not that they said that exactly, yeah. but that's what it was. Yeah. Literally, that was the new direction. And I was just so appalled and disappointed because I was stressing to the network publicly that they need to have more people of color. Mm-hmm. And during my um, reunion, I publicly posted that there was no one, no minority on stage with me. None of my cast members were of color or LGBTQ. And for me to be silenced and talked over and gaslighted by Lisa, it was just really, really sad. And then to find out that, you know, they were going in a different direction was just really disappointing. And, and I tried to publicly talk about it, but I was silenced. And Lisa personally called me and, and told me that, you know, she made my career, she can easily take it away. That was heartbreaking as a, anyone who's, you know, looks up to somebody as an activist to, to be silenced. Because you are constantly filming, like as much as like they didn't show a lot of me, I still filmed a lot. And you're drinking and working and like you're working at a restaurant with cameras around you and there's all this pressure and people are trying to say hi and take photos with you while you're supposed to be like, you know, pretending like they're not there because you're filming and Mm -hmm. working at a restaurant. And then anytime there's alcohol involved, like, you know, you, it's a depressant. So I got very suicidal. Um, I felt very rejected by the staff and Jax would say things just, even if he was trying to compliment me, it was just really gross. And it would, it would be like a backhanded compliment. Mm. Um, You know, like, wow, you can't even tell that you used to be a dude. And it's like, okay. No way. Yeah. Just the douchiest random things would come out of his mouth. And then during pride, he was like almost coming on to me and it was with the whole faith and, Britney scandal and everyone was like avoid Jax he's single now and he's gonna try to hook up with you and I was like what and then he came on to me on camera and then when the cameras were off mm-hmm. he said yo I we this is after a couple of drinks he was like you know I I ended up hanging out with this girl we kissed and then I found out she was a dude and it grossed me out he's like I'm not into that you know like oh. okay and I'm like okay, one minute you're coming on to me and then the cameras are off and now you're telling me that trans women are dudes and it's gross. Like, there was just so many ups and downs. Like, I was high on an up moment and feeling proud and the next minute I was feeling discriminated against and feeling rejected. And I dealt with that all the time. And it just was really, really bad for my mental health. Well, looking back at, like, past interviews about the show, you mostly had great things to say about Jax. What was the actual pivotal moment where things took a shift? Yeah, well, here's the thing. It's like, like with any coworker, you may have these incidents where you're like, that didn't feel good. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give them a second chance. Yeah. I'm here to influence. I'm not here to like, you know, be the f- day one, scream and yell at someone and tell them they should be fired. Like they're the lead of the show. You have to like kind of, tippy toe in a way like and I'm trying to have camera time I'm trying to be an influence for the trans community so I always was like okay you know what I'm gonna try to educate him in this moment I'm gonna try to be nice and you know even like with like not be able to film with him like I would have to like reach out to him like hey like do you care if I come I promise like I'm not gonna be drama and then him be like oh no I don't feel comfortable like it's like I was not just there on my behalf. I really was on there to like show that trans people are worthy of jobs mm-hmm. and trans people are worthy to be on TV. Yeah. And so that was my mission going into it. So it was hard. I mean, there was times where I had to bite my tongue. There was times where, you know, I was like, should I school him in this moment or should I just be a chill girl and just relax instead of being like an angry trans woman? trying to like correct people all the time. And that goes with me even being vegan. Like, I mean, there's moments where I'm like, what the hell are you doing? You know, I want to be that crazy vegan girl and start screaming and yelling and telling everyone like you're, you know, eating dead animal, but like you have to pick and choose your battles. And there was times where I felt like I was silenced and I had to kiss his ass because he was the macho guy that was like, you know, the lead of the show. And you issued an open letter to Bravo recently uh, asking for the firing of Jax, and you're using the hashtag Cancel Jax Taylor. 
Um, do you do you think or do you know if um, the executives at Bravo have seen or have they acknowledged any any response to your letter? Um, they haven't acknowledged it. I mean, they've seen it. I know Lance Baskin did his partnerships with him, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, Diff Eyewear and some other play- people have ended their relationship with them. The thing is, like, what I'm noticing with Bravo TV is they're a he- they're the problem. Like, they celebrate mean girls and douchey guys. They celebrate this kind of behavior. So they're not going to be quick to, you know, fire them. Like, even way back in the day when Stassi first said her thing a couple years ago, we all tried warning her. Ariana and I were like, use your platform, have black women on, have black organizations on. Like we tried and tried. And then like, you know, as much as I feel bad for anyone, I don't care who you are. If you're getting fired and you're in the doghouse, like that makes me feel bad. That hurts my heart. She's just bought a house. She has baby on the way. Like, I don't want to see anyone suffer, but like, you got to be aware. And I just kept on stressing that the whole time I was working there. I'm like, y'all aren't aware at all. Like, they're so self-involved. There's so much privilege that they literally just are not aware. And it really, you know, came back after them. And I just hope Bravo does the same thing. I said this about, you know, Victoria's Secret. If you're not going to evolve and include people of color and the trans experience and LGBTQ, if you're not going to evolve, you're going to be canceled. And that's the thing with Bravo. Like, we are evolving as human beings. We want to do better. We want to inspire people. We want to love. And I personally believe that any kind of network that celebrates hate, discrimination, and bullying is going to be a thing of the past. Mm -hmm. So like, I don't know how Bravo is working with their shows and what they plan on doing, but I am asking that they have way more people of color and Black people and trans people and LGBT people on all their shows. Not just one, not just two. They have their token black shows and even Vanderpump. You're in the heart of West Hollywood. Everyone around us is of color and is LGBTQ, but the network chooses not to show it. So it Mm -hmm. falls on the network and it falls on Lisa too. And as though I know Lisa has a responsibility and she has Bravo to answer. Same goes for Doug at Evolution. They all answered to Bravo. It was always Bravo wants to do this. Bravo wants to do that. Bravo wants to go in a different direction. So now the fingers are all pointing at Bravo. And of course, they're not saying anything. But I think whenever legal action starts happening, that they will. And if I have to take legal action to make sure that they do their part, I will. Do you think that Lisa feels any pressure to um, kind of appease whoever is casting on Vanderpump Rules, but also acknowledges the pressure to include LGBTQ people and people of color? Um, I mean, you've worked closely with her, so you, I think, might have a a good idea of how she truly is off camera. Yeah, I've had beautiful, amazing moments with Lisa off camera, heart-to-heart moments. She's asked me about my trans experience. We've had goosebumps and teary-eyed conversations. I think that she's an amazing soul, Um, but I think that her privilege gets in the way of her activism work. Mm-hmm. I think that she thinks that she does enough because she does have restaurants in the heart of West Hollywood and they do this whole pride thing every year with Vanderpump and they, you know, get their cocktails out and their rainbow shit and, and go down, march down the street. That's not enough. Mm-hmm. We're in the middle of a revolution. Mm-hmm. We have literally people, our health coverage is being taken away. Our health right as a trans person, black people are being, you know, beaten and killed by cops. Like, It's not enough. Your fucking rainbow flag and your parade is not enough. And like, I have stressed that and people don't want to do like they, like for instance, Tom and Ariana, they go to LGBTQ events with me. They donate thousands of dollars to my organizations. Mm -hmm. They do the work. And some people don't want to necessarily do the work. And like Lisa, I know she has a lot of focus on animals and her dog organization. That's her thing. I get it. She's an activist for dogs. We need that. I'm all for it. But also, the girl needs to go vegan. I have never known anyone to be so for animals but eat dead animal. I'm like, what? Like, there's just a few things. And again, that's her privilege. And her wanting to have animals as a meal, like, that's just her privilege to me. Like, I, I just am like, I don't think it's enough. And to have such a massive platform to be an executive producer on a show that is in the heart of West Hollywood and not have gay people or LGBTQ people or no, 
it's very disappointing. Um, you mentioned your friend Tom and Ariana. Are they the ones that you are in most contact with after being off the show? Yeah, I would say Tom, Ariana, and Sheena, and um, James and Raquel are, like, I'm very tight with. But um, Tom and Ariana are, like, family to me. I literally feel safer knowing that I have them here. Um, we do a lot of amazing things together, like activism work, but also have a really good time partying and going to music festivals. And Tom is like one of my favorite human beings. He's like a very Midwest guy and I'm from the Midwest and he just reminds me of like an older brother. Like, well, I mean, he's not really that much older than me, but he's just like a brother to me. Like I literally love and adore that kid it's a well-rounded friendship it sounds like yeah exactly and he's just like one of those guys like he makes sure that people are taken care of and even during quarantine like he'd be like hey i got tool paper i got this like come to the house if you need anything like he's just that guy to make sure i'm being taken care of and as a minority and as a trans woman who has suffered um i really appreciate those amazing souls out there that see it and say hey do you need something you know what can i do for you and he does that for me and my entire community i mean he's just he's so passionate and like wants to be involved both of them and it's like those are the people we need to celebrate those are the people that need to be on the show and we need to show those experiences so you know people always ask me do you think vanderpump should be canceled absolutely not i think it needs to be reworked i think maybe there needs to be a spinoff of tom sandoval or tom tom and showing people of color and showing the lgbtq community that surrounds that restaurant and show people that actually care and celebrate them do the toms have a, a say in who gets hired at tom tom yeah i mean They've gotten a couple of their friends hired. I mean, here's the thing. Lisa's right-hand man, who used to be her number one server, is now the GM at Tom Tom, and that's Richardson. Mm -hmm. He's Haitian. He's Black. Mm -hmm. um, I volunteered in Haiti. I plan on adopting from Haiti at some point in my life. So him and I have amazing conversations. I'm very fond of him. But it's like, why not show him? Yeah. Like, you know, like, and Jesse Montana, he's one of my close friends. He's mm -hmm. been at Sur for years. He's yeah. had small little, you know, um, cameos here and there on the show but like why not show him he's literally one of the closest friends out of all of them and he has an amazing lgbt story and lives an amazing life like those and are the a person that of color right exactly yes well that just seems like a natural way to have somebody who's already included in the dynamic of the restaurant and the employees to mm -hmm. then highlight them on the show it's it's a true representation of what's actually happening is it true that you were asked to fake a story about hooking up with Tom Sandoval? Well, during um, the end of the season, when Jax was um, refusing to film with me, he also made up a rumor that I was, that Tom and I were having an affair. I think it was a tactic for him to get the only people that I had as allies to against me. God, that's so messy. So messy. And Ariana is like, one of the love of my life. It's like, I love that girl. When I'm around her, I can't not touch her. I just love hugging her. She's such a beautiful person. And um, I love that she speaks up too when she, when she sees something that's not right. Right. Um, I think you guys kind of have that in common, mm -hmm. which is awesome. And we need that. Yeah. And she's very aware of her white privilege. She's very aware of her privilege. And that's key, especially during this revolution. And, mm -hmm. um, like Tom and I have a great connection. It's like, he literally reminds me of like a best friend I went to high school with or something, but there's nothing like sexual there. It's like, like a brother. And yeah. we may like drift off and go smoke a cigarette or like end up getting into a deep conversation in the back of Sir for an hour. And people would be like, where'd Tom and Billy go? It's like, that's, and he would take anything like that and use it against me, Jacks would. And mm -hmm. it just, it was just a way of turning people against me. Um, and and that was his mission was to get rid of me and, and it worked. And um, I love that Ariana believed Tom and I, you know, we had, I talked to her, Tom obviously talked to her. Obviously it wasn't true and she 100% believed it. And, um, you know, she believed me and, and him and that's what friends are for, you know, you build that trust with someone and, I love them so much. I would, I literally, they're one of my favorite couples and I would never do anything to harm them. You know, that's another reason why I think Jax is so toxic and dangerous 
he would literally use anything to to belittle and fight against a minority um, for his own gain. And um, it's definitely uh, very disappointing and scary. So if they were to rebrand Vanderpump Rules in the staff, obviously still with Lisa, but um, would you accept an offer to return back to work at Sir and also be a part of the show? I don't think Bravo would ever do that, but I, um, you know. <laughs> what an amazing statement though, if they took you and Faith um, and some of the other people that you mentioned and just showed that like, look, you know, these are the people that have been a part of the show whether they were on it or not, I think that would be a strong statement from the network to really be like, okay, well, look, here here we are. <laughs> we're with you guys. Right. I definitely think that would be a strong statement, but I think we got to start with Jax being fired as a strong, strong statement. That hasn't even happened yet. Um, mm-hmm. I said this. I would come on as a consultant um, to help with casting, to help with storytelling. I would come on in that way, um, but I will not go back to Sir and work at a restaurant and do that. That's just not my cup of tea. It's not where I'm at anymore. Um, but my friend Monroe, she's in the UK, was fired from L'Oreal, and then all this stuff came out, and now L'Oreal's hired her as, you know, and like basically like an independent contractor in a way, like where she gets to help with um, creative, inclusive ideas and diversity. And like, I'm down, I would always be open to that. I would never say no if some network said, hey, we wanna do better, can you help us? I would absolutely Mm -hmm. help. Uh, Would you consider doing any other reality TV shows like Big Brother or uh, The Challenge on MTV with with Faith? Oh, wow, I don't know, I've never. I think you'd be good on Big Brother for sure. Yeah, now maybe I. I... You've been through a quarantine, so you have the practice. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I'm working on some amazing projects. They're really passion projects for me. The show called Transcontinental, and it shed light on how trans people are treated in different cultures. Um, you know, my activism work is really important for me. So it's it would be really hard for my soul to go back to reality television and play house or play something. Mm-hmm. Uh, or yeah. be dramatic or like try to get into arguments or have to drink like I just I'm so not for that you're on a different track yeah I mean but I mean no, I never say never and we'll see how about being the first trans bachelorette you know I don't even know because I'm 36 now I don't know how they how old you have <laughs> to be but um I've I've yeah. definitely encouraged that I mean they're just now getting what we have a black bachelor now mm-hmm. uh, I think that's new um, they were really um, excited about their, they were <laughs> quoting it like a first older bachelorette, or I don't know know how they were wording it, but it's just somebody who's not like 24 years old looking to get married. And it's somebody, I think, in their mid to late 30s or maybe even her, her early 40s. Um, but that's how they're coining, I think, this next season. I don't watch, but I've been hearing a lot of talk about it. Well, good. They need to because us 30-some-year-olds are, you know, still in the dating game. And... I, you know, when you're in your 30s, it's, I feel like it's easier to have more of a long, lasting relationship. Yes. And to take a relationship more seriously than somebody who's 22 and wants to be on TV, I think. Right. I would love to see a trans woman dating on a network TV like that. But I don't know. I don't know if we're if the networks are ready. Um, I would love to see it, obviously. But well, we can talk about it and maybe that'll be the way that <laughs> that these uh, things start coming into play. I hope and pray. Yes. Well, before we wrap up, um, I wanted to see if you want to play another little quick game that we call I Said What I Said. Okay, let's do it. I don't watch much TV, though, so I might not know. So what I have for you are quotes that may be taglines from some of the Real Housewives on any of the franchises or something that I just made up here in my room. (laughs) So number one, I can deal with a lot, but I can't deal with stupid. Um, probably a housewife, for sure. I could see you saying that. You're right. That's Leah Black from the Housewives of Miami. I miss that show. <laughs> Number two. People say I have all the money in the world. I say I'm just getting started. I feel like that's definitely a tagline. I made it up, but oh, someone's welcome to it. use it if they want. Doesn't it totally sound like something that somebody would say? Totally. Like a, Just bragging a rich about privileged their... person. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Okay, number three. The word on the street is that I'm the word on the street. Uh, I haven't heard that one before. Mm. 
That's Giselle Bryant from the Housewives of Potomac. Oh, okay. Number four. If people want to call me fake, I just say, you're right. Um, I've, I haven't heard it before, but it definitely sounds like something a housewife would say, I guess. Mm, well, I made that up. <laughs> Looks like you're going to start working for Bravo, sweetie. <laughs> okay, and the last one. I'm not always right, but I'm never wrong. I love that one. That would be mine. Yeah, I feel like that would be like something Lisa would say. She definitely, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like she has hard, she has trouble with them. You know, she's like one of those people you just like, don't really tell them that they're wrong. It's like, uh, you're not right, but I can't tell you you're wrong, so. Yeah. <laughs> I'll bite my lip over here. Yeah. That is a uh, Dorenda Medley from the House of uh, New York. Okay. Well, good job. Those are awesome. I want to thank you so much for talking to me today and for being part of the podcast and for just giving us so much to really chew on and to think about. Um, is there anything else that you want to leave us with before we go? Yeah. Um, you know, if you see a black person, smile, be kind. If you see a trans person, do the same and just, you know, help. You see someone applying for a job that's of color and that's trans. If you see a product that you like and it's a black owned business, buy it, contribute, support and love. I so admire you speaking up in these times right now. Um, And then especially, you know, for the LGBTQ community, especially in the trans community, and uh, you're definitely somebody who has a lot of influence and you're just so inspiring. So I'm so grateful for you talking to me today. And I look forward to seeing how your career blossoms even more. And I'll be following the projects that you have going on as well. Thank you. And I appreciate you giving me the platform to speak my truth. Namaste. Okay. Well, you enjoy your Thirsty Thursday and we'll see you next time. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.